Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. plus on their feet. Nobody's left to beat the traffic tonight, I guarantee you. Mark gets the sign. The wind and the pitch. Here it is. Long fly ball deep left center. Grissom on the run. Yes! Twenty-five lighters on my dresser, and yes, sir, you know I got to get paid. High fly ball, belted right center, and the Braves have landed. Twenty-five lighters on my dresser, and yes, sir, you know I got to get paid. Swing and drive, belted right, welcome to the show. Twenty-five lighters for my twenty-five folks. Now get ready. This is the Platinum Sombrero Podcast with your hosts, Dylan Short and Adam Doc Herbert. Welcome, everybody. Very, very excited to welcome you in. To another episode of the Platinum Sombrero. This, of course, is Dylan. Doc joining me. And today we've got one of our Twitter buddies. You've all seen him around. You've all asked him questions. It is Prospect Braves, or as we like to call him, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, what's going on, buddy? Not too much, man. Hanging out in Florida, getting ready for Florida State League to start up. It's a pretty good thing. You get to see last year. I'm assuming you went to a ton of games last year because I've been to Florida. There's not a whole lot to do there. Uh, but going yeah. to baseball is one of them. Yeah, it's great. Scorching hot. Sweat your butt off sitting in the stands at a baseball game for five bucks. You can't beat it. You wait for the uh, the daily showers at about noon, about four o'clock, and then about 730. Then you're pretty good to go. Yeah, I just came from working out in the field every day. So, yeah, it's, you know, 100 degrees from like May to August every year. It's awesome. It uh, It is very, it is a very, very different state, I'll say. There's, there's not much middle ground between people. It is either people so old that they should have died 20 years ago or <laughs> people so high that they have no idea how to press the buttons on their remote control. Sad, sad state of affairs down here, trust me. Lived here for too long. I'm from Georgia, but yeah, I live down here now. I can't help it. Still but a dogs fan? Baseball, so that's the awesome thing. You still uh, a dogs fan? You didn't. You didn't convert to Gators, did you? Oh man, you had to ask that question. I was never a dogs fan. So what? When I moved here, uh, I like no. tech because I was from Atlanta. Oh area, no! So. How could you do that to yeah. yourself? Yeah, and then when I moved here, my cousin was a Gator fan, so it kind of fell that way. <laughs> I don't really foot, college football. Eh. I just like baseball and NFL. I'm not really a big college football guy. I wouldn't be either. I, Georgia Tech I didn't go team. to college. 
even when like when the Gators, I don't know. It's, it's college football is weird. It's cool, I guess. It's just like number three on sports for me. Well, before it's we get probably, to, it's probably a weird double standard, but for like it's you Braves know. and then the Falcons are pretty close behind the Braves. Obviously, the Braves are number one for me. And then I'd say the Lightning and the Gators are kind of tied. They're like my Florida teams. Like I like the Lightning a lot because they won when I first moved here, and like I moved here in like '02 or '03, and they they won in '04. Uh, so yeah, it was cool. Before we get too big, hang on, hang on. Before we get too big into this, I do have to say um, for everybody that listens to us, awesome. We love you guys. Uh, you might want to tune into any of our apps. You can find them all over the place. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on TuneIn. Uh, you can just go on to regular old Libsyn and find us. You can find us on CastBox as well, which helps you if you're, you know, one of our, if you're out of state or, you know, maybe in Nepal or Taiwan. Uh, for all of, for you, your ne- my Nepalese listener who never misses a show, we love you. Thank you so much. And yeah, this show's you for from, you. Uh, thank you from all the way around the other side of the world to our one Nepalese listener. He's our he's, he's our like favorite listener. Brave fan in Nepal, huh? He's our favorite awesome. listener. There's only one. Never misses an episode. <laughs> That's awesome. Is uh is awesome. So if you can speak any English or type in, in a, a script that I can decipher, please send us a message at TPS Podcast. Uh, anyway, we brought Jeff on because today we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Really, it's it's finally the season's finally started. The games finally matter, and. It's been a crazy season, I think it's safe to say. It has been a crazy start to the season. From the comeback on, make o- walk off. on opening day <laughs> to just like, my favorite player. <laughs> it's just like you draw it up, man. Who else yeah. do you want up in that? Uh, you know, you need a three-run home run. Who else do you want up but, uh, but Nick Markakis, right? Your cleanup hitter. Batting cleanup. Yeah. Nick Markakis hits a walk-off three-run shot. The Afro seems to have given him an extra 10 feet. Giving him an extra ten yeah, degrees on the launch right. angle. Shout out Josh Brown. Mm-hmm. He has been you know, impossible to live with. Grounded into a double play. But it's not just Marcakis. For as as crazy as that is, Ryan Flaherty, Marcakis's brother-in-law, oh, yeah. comes out of nowhere and is hitting four hundred and has a hit in all six games this season. This is a guy who hit two fifteen, like doesn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's insane. For Bandy boy. Bandy boys, Dansby's on fire too. Really, I don't know why he got benched, but Culberson played good. So whatever. <laughs> we'll talk about Dansby because I do kind of feel I have to let everybody know uh, about a little, not really a bet, but it is uh, something that uh, Andy Harris and a few of the guys in, in one of the aren't uh, you like the, the biggest Dansby hater? I, don't you love it? <laughs> okay, <laughs> we will discuss this, but before we get to Dansby, I'm going to shout out Preston Tucker. Uh, and really, I'm going to shout out Gabe Kapler because on our very first episode, we had Gabe on. And when Gabe was talking about the before spring training even started, the guys that he was most excited to see uh, and some guys that he thought could really make a difference to the club. And he named Preston Tucker. And at first, I just kind of shrug- I just kind of shrugged it off like, eh, Preston Tucker, I've seen what he can do. He's not not his splits suck both ways. His splits show that he sucks against everybody. Then you get to the season, all of a sudden, it really does look like change of scenery was a a big deal for Preston Tucker. The power has always been there. He's always hitting the minors. Now he's playing in a much more lefty-friendly ballpark than he was playing out out in Houston. Uh, He doesn't have his more talented brother in the system to really kind of mess with him a little bit. He's got a a clear path of playing time, and he's taking it and ran with it. 
pretty clutch hits in there too. He had uh, two two out RBI had, singles. I saw a stat. He has two game tying singles and two go ahead home runs in six games. So and he doesn't yeah. wear batting gloves. Yeah, he's going out there and having Gatton say it. Which is always man. man is just a manly thing. It's, he's kind of like a, he he reminds me a little bit of Diaz. Now their stances are totally different. They're they're not like a great similarity player wise in what they do. But as far as a guy that you got for cash, you did not give up a player for him. You got him for nothing. Literally free. Yeah. You brought free. him in here, and he's done nothing but be one of your biggest impact hitters through six games, albeit. Yeah. True. Yeah, you know, is it is one twenty seventh of a season too early to, to be uh, really putting stock in the sample size? Three home or two homers, uh, eight RBIs. Okay, he's doing fine. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, didn't Didi Guerrero see that yesterday though? I mean that that was a pretty special game that Didi had yesterday. My favorite thing he, about that he's whole so game, good, man. Yeah, but how much and of that, that is Didi, and how much of that is that ballpark? Oh yeah, well, I mean, you could say the same for Tucker and. The chop house, though. I mean, the chop house isn't really that far away. At least Tucker's exit velocities is hitting 100 mile an hour. And I, I'm I'm just messing Look, around. Man, I like D.D. Gregorius man. a lot, actually. If you drive in eight in a game, that that's not all a lot. Uh, that's special, yeah. I'm just being yeah. facetious. I actually, I really do. I really like D.D. Gregorius. I've liked him for well, a like while. I like him from Curacao. I've always liked him Andrew. Basically. Him and Andrelton and uh, yeah, who else was Ozzie. all in the same? In, uh, Ozzy, Kevin Desatina. Well, there was uh, there was three of them on the same squad. It was Andrelton. It was Didi. Oh, it was somebody else too. And Andrelton always tells the story because Jonathan Scope. Yeah. Yes. 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 And Andrelton always tells the story because Didi had to go play third because Andrelton was shortstop, and that's that's kind of what he always says. Yeah. He had to go uh, yeah. over there play third, but it always makes me sad a little bit when I think of Andrelton. Um, but we're not going to talk about that yet. As Jeff mentioned, certain people think that I am the biggest Dansby hater on the Twitters. Um, let me clarify. I don't hate Dansby. I hate the expectation that people think Dansby is a superstar player. I hate that because I yeah, don't uh, think he's I've a superstar. I've tried to tell people that he was never going to be a Correa type right. top. I mean, I've called him an Edgar Renteria. I said, if he's an Edgar Renteria type, that is his ceiling yeah, and I would great. love it. Um, but I do want to go ahead and say that uh, I was talking in the chat with some of the other, some of the other writers, some of our other buddies, Andy Harris, outfield fly rule, uh, Josh Brown, everybody's favorite knucklehead. Ken was in there as well. And, and done on few thousand others. Um, if Dansby comes out and has a top five, top 10 season, I will publicly apologize to him in a tweet. I will tag him in this tweet, and then I will invite him on the show to where he can yell and scream at me all he likes. Just to let you all <laughs> I know, you're gonna take- I hope he does great. I hope he's everything that everybody's saying. I hope he's the best shortstop in the league. I really do. I just don't see it. But there's no doubt the start of this season has been a complete 180 from where he finished a season ago. He's hitting well. He seems to be able to catch up to the fastball, which was a big deal last year. Uh, He's not getting fooled as often on the low and away breaking ball. He's staying through the zone a little bit more. He's, he's not trying to pull everything and his defense looks really, really sharp. You can tell you, he cares, man. He, he's, he has the tools. It's just a matter of, I think he, I think he's good enough. He's going to stick, man. He's, He's not going anywhere. 
and last April, he had a lot of bad luck. I mean, he was hitting the ball pretty well last April, but he was it was right at guys. His bad up was like 185 through that month. And there's only so many times that you can right. hit, hit a rope to somebody and, and get it out and just be like. Yeah, just keep going up there, yeah. And you just keep hitting it right at him. Well, that was the story in the first part of the season. The second half of the season, he ended up hitting, I believe, a 297 Babbitt. So it was a lot closer to norms. I, I just think that a lot of, I think a lot of his struggles last year were one, the second season for a player is always the most difficult season because everybody has tape on you now and you have to adjust to them. Two, he's playing a premium position, and when he struggled at the plate, he started struggling in the field, and then when he's struggling in the field, it made him struggle more at the plate. It's things like that. It's it's ebb and flows of playing a premium position as a young player with a ton of expectations heaped on you. And I, I agree with you, yeah. Jeff. I, I do think he's – I've never thought Camargo was a real threat to take his position at short, and I love, 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 love me some Johan Camargo. But as far as defense goes – Dansby has always had the better range over Camargo. Now Camargo has a way better arm, but yeah, and, and softer hands. But Dansby has the the better range of the two. He's got a much better first step. I, I the only the only person I thought of outside of outside of the organization would be would they flip flop Ozzy if Dansby continued to struggle? As long as Dansby's going like he is right now, that it's not a question at all. It's going to be those two stand exactly where they are for the next five six years at least. Yeah, it'd be nice to have that locked up. But he also got hurt in spring last year. I mean, I think that kind of gets swept under the rug a little bit. I mean, he wasn't a bad injury, but he did come out of spring training, and he didn't really get a spring training. So I think that factored into it, him having such a poor poor year last year. But um, back injury, right? Yeah, it was something weird. It was like it wasn't an oblique, but it was uh, lower. You know, it wasn't like an arm or it was something. Yeah, it was on his abdomen i think something i think it was a back thing so we've got dansby having a great season nick Markakis somehow having a great start to the season ryan flaherty has like tripled his career output right now preston tucker is having the greatest start to his career ever then we have shane carl carl papa shane carl who no one knew before the season. If you said that you knew anything about him, you're lying. Um, it's true. No one knew about him. He just, he comes in for a very ineffective Julio Tehran the other night and starts popping that mid at 97. And he's a big guy, about 6'4", 205. Uh, story on him was coming out of college. He was on a, on a pretty good rotation in college. Uh, he, I believe he was a fourth-round draft pick, I believe. fourth. It was either fourth or sixth, but I believe it was fourth. Um Nice fastball, curveball, slider, changeup type of guy. Well, coming into this year, he's cut out his curveball almost completely from his arsenal, and it's kind of turned his numbers around a little bit. Um, I loved what I saw yesterday. It almost reminded me of Charlie Morton when Charlie Morton went to the Astros after the Pirates where he cut out a couple of the pitches in his repertoire and kind of went to a three-pitch arsenal instead of a five. Carl. Yeah, he looks good, man. Uh, I I honestly didn't get to see yesterday, last night's start, but I heard it on the radio, and what it sounds like, he looked good. I mean, he got roughed up in the spring, and it, like, uh, it just goes to show that spring training numbers do not matter. Um, what do you have? Four innings pitched last night. Uh, yeah, pretty much. You know, won us the game after Julio got beat up. So, what do you it's think? Dangerous Doc? game when it's eight to five in the third. You know that's one of those that they established pretty early that anything could happen. But he came in. He showed him. 
the Nationals yeah. offense too. Yeah, and and that that lineup is stacked even without Murphy being in there. But I mean, he just came in, showed no fear, and you know, he was just mowing guys down. Came in with the bases loaded and one out. Got you know two pitches, fireman. two outs. Yeah, and came in that classic fireman role. And and didn't didn't just clean up too. He just he stayed in there till uh, till well into the sixth, I think. I mean, that's like with the there have been some issues with the with the starting pitching so far. Um, uh, for sure, not big so, so I mean, Julio looked good for for his first uh, for most of his start against Philadelphia, but he he looked pretty yeah. pretty abysmal against Washington. Well, Nuke. Bolte looked really good today, so hopefully yes, McCarthy can bounce back to, uh, well, tomorrow, but Thursday. Mm. That was one of the things I had written down. It's one of the things I had written down, actually, was uh, for, for how incredible of a start it's been, the starting pitching, pitching really has not. It's been just as bad as it was a season ago, which we all thought it would be yeah. a significant step forward this year. Now, obviously, almost it's been one start for Small everybody and alert. two for Tehran and Fulte. Uh, and Tehran's first start in Philadelphia, the numbers look bad, the 6-3-8 ERA, but he was actually much better. Yeah, He's never been good against Washington. They always seem to kill him. He did. That's when everybody was mad at Snit, and then we won the game, so everybody forgot about it. He got, let's see, he got pulled for Rex Brothers, who promptly gave up the lead, I believe. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and that was when it became, oh, no, uh, Gabe Kapler has made that, that was the worst managing battle I've ever seen debut between yeah, Snicker like and bad, Kapler mad, battle the mad managers. It was one up each other for being the worst. And then Kapler went and tried to bring in a pitcher. He didn't even warm up. So he took the crown. <laughs> Let's talk Julio, about that Julio for a minute. Just turned 27. It's so crazy. Man. Yeah. He and Fulte are the same age. I know it's wild. It feels like Julio has been around forever. And I he's got over a like, thousand so down on him, but He's got over a thousand innings on that arm. Does he really have a thousand major league innings? Yes, it's crazy. Yeah. the The problem I think with this last start was more alarming, oh, and like even though it's only <laughs> the alarming thing about this about about his last start was the velocity, and it could be that he just didn't have it that day. But it was eighty eight, eighty nine, maybe ninety two. He got it was to ninety two, I think, once. Right, and it was it was not good. Uh, everything was flattening out. His slider wasn't working like it, like it was his first start. Even now, I still like Tehran a good bit. Yeah, slider looked good in the first game, and then the second game it wasn't. Uh, yeah, I'm nervous about Newcomb at Coors Field not being able to locate his fastball. Hopefully, he can uh, correct that. That will not go well. The thing about Newcomb, and this is something I've said a fair bit as well, Newcomb and Fulty suffers from the same thing pretty except for random starts like today's, they get to two strikes on batters very quickly. And then they can't put them away. They will take yeah. an 0-2 count, a 2-2, 3-2 two, 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 all the time. And it's because... I think it's because they don't have great command. They've got control, but they don't have command where mm-hmm. you see a lot of the great strikeout pitchers. If you see most of the great strikeout pitchers, a lot of their strikeouts are not coming from pitches in the zone. They get the hitter no, to chase to chase that. On a ball close. Right, they're going to get that two to three inches off the zone. Mm-hmm. Fulty and to a greater extent Newcomb, they are not capable of consistently placing a ball two to three inches off the plate to where it expands the hitter's zone. The hitter basically knows if it is not looking like a strike, I don't have to swing because he's there. N- 
Fulte will have starts where he's good at it, but Newcomb in particular is who I want to talk about here. He's not at that point yet where he can be close to a strike and not be a strike. So hitters are able to sit back and tee off. And that's why you see him get all these pitch. You'll see him get close to 100 pitches if he's going to go five innings. Yeah. Not good. He's got a. He's got the. He's got it all. Newcomb. It's just a matter. He's just got to throw his fastball for strikes. I saw him pitch uh, against the Phillies in spring training. He looked great. He had that no hitter or whatever it was for like five point one innings in spring, and then same team or was it the Phillies or no? It was the Nats. But I don't know. He just gets in his own head, man. He's a real. I, I think that's Newcomb's problem. Honestly, man. he's just a real mental pitcher that. He's just got, I mean, like Fulte a lot, like you said, you compared them. I think that's one thing they're similar in as well. They, like you said, they get ahead two strikes and they just don't put them away. They just, you know, outthink themselves, outpitch themselves. And with, and, with Nuke the other night against Washington, like the very first play when, when Freddie, the, the, uh, the of that one with, yeah. with Trey Turner. Yeah, yeah there was so. an error on like the first play, right? Or, yep. Yeah. So I honestly like, tuned in like five minutes after the game, so I missed that part. A terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, no. I mean, it, it was it was one of those things where as soon as as soon as I saw that, and I'm like, oh, good, Trey Turner's on base. <laughs> he he's the not one, very fast at yeah, all. The one thing you don't want to do with those nationals. Yeah, like it's so it, it's tough to for a guy who's who relies so much on the mental aspect of the game, where it's like you first play of the game, you yeah. have an out, and you don't in your pocket. You know, four, you gotta get four outs now. Yeah, and this this dude can fly. So yeah, and then there there was a, another error later, uh, later in that inning too, or or yeah, so dropped the ball uh, at, at the plate when Kendrick was trying to score. So oh he yeah, just, Ender with a perfect throw, played the ball perfectly off the wall that made Bryce Harper have to hesitate at second. Gets the ball off the hop and fired an absolute perfect throw that Stewart just dropped. Oh wow! Yeah, it was. Yeah, that, that's frustrating for a guy. Well, Newcomb, it, he's weird because, like, I remember last year in Gwinnett before he came up. Pretty sure it was Gwinnett. I mean, Mississippi. I've watched most of Newcomb's starts. Um, but uh, he had one where he had, like, 12 strikeouts, one start, and the next start he walked, like, six people in the first inning. And the next start he struck out, like, nine or ten. It's just, it's just weird. It was, like, it's, his very first start against Miami where he had six strikeouts and four walks. It's just – yeah. I think a lot of the problem with him has a lot to do with the fact that the speeds on his pitches are also he has one fast pitch. The others right. are all very slow pitches. Well, his curveball was last year, like sorry, uh, after his first start, like he was throwing gas on his first start, and then the second and third, like four starts, he would mix his fastball speed. Like he would be like ninety six, and then he dropped down to ninety one, and then he, I mean, and it was like he was doing it on purpose. He was That's better to do. I just think he needs and more he, pitches of different speeds. Like if he could, if he could add yeah, a cutter well, he, in there or a sinker that is, you know, ninety two, ninety three, as opposed to his ninety seven mile an hour four seamer, instead of going straight from ninety seven yeah. to the seventy seven curve, the ball, lollipop curve, right, yeah. or the eighty five, eighty four, eighty five changeup, because that also yeah. that also helps out the hitters a lot as well. Well, he doesn't throw his changeup enough either. That's the problem. I would agree I with you there. More. It, it, it's nearly impossible to be successful as a starter with only throwing two pitches. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. It's the same thing you hear people talk about with uh, with Gohara, where now a lot yeah. of people give Gohara a lot of grief on his changeup without realizing Gohara never threw a changeup before last season. So 
from what wow. he had last season, I was wildly impressed with his changeups. Why I think he'll actually be, I think Gohara is probably the highest upside arm in the entire system. If he can get yeah, some, some other things Gohara's worked my out, favorite arm in the system. he's the Brigadero. Uh, he is, uh, he is the, the guy that I'm banking on and he's going to be coming back soon. And we say all that to mention, I don't want to bury the lead here with the Braves out to this incredible run to start off. It's actually been with a lot of bad luck too. You had Suzuki and flowers go down consecutive days. You've got Johan Camargo still out. And then you got, uh, you got Suzuki and Camargo coming back in the next couple games. Uh, I think Camargo yeah, will be so back. Camargo's next week. Supposed to start tomorrow for Florida and their uh, opener. So that would mean he'll be back up most likely Saturday, Sunday, or Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. I think. Yeah, uh, Suzuki's ready to go. That's why you saw them DFA uh, Chris Stewart. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Right. I don't know about Tyler Flowers. If it's, if it's an oblique, that's I w- I'm going to guess probably 14 days, maybe a little bit longer. Obliques are tricky. Yeah, I was thinking two or three weeks because he's you know he's 30. What is he? 32 now. And obliques are always a yeah. tricky, tricky injury. It can yeah, be. Yeah, the it's like too, a, you're you know you're bending over. <laughs> you're not like a normal. Right. It's it's like a it's like a hamstring. You, it could it could be a couple days. It could be a month. There's right. just no telling. No telling. But it'll be nice to get those guys back. Yeah, like you said, we've been winning with Ryan Flaherty and Chris Stewart, and at some point they're going to remember who they and are. And we're going to get Ronald Acuna and Hoban Camargo, Camargo and Tyler Flowers back. It'll be pretty great. And we're going to get Gohara back as well, which is yeah, going Gohara to- <laughs> freed. Not too far behind him, I don't think. Because I'm really, uh, I'll be honest, I'm not looking forward to Anibal Sanchez in the rotation. I know he did a, a very good job his his last time out. Um, I still don't want to see him in the rotation. <laughs> They're saying today was his bullpen, so he's probably going to start Saturday. I know, I know. Uh, hopefully, it's hopefully it's a one and done. From everything I've heard, Gohar is progressing the way he the way they're expecting, so he should be on pace. Well, I think he threw up. like a two or three inning simulated game. Uh, Monday, so we're getting close. Yeah, I think sure. it was. Uh, I think Alex was talking about it's just the conditioning that they're getting back up to now. Uh, get him to where he could yeah. throw enough pitches to actually start. Uh, I don't yeah. know if they'll give him a couple starts in, in a minor league game or two and see where he goes from there. Yeah, it probably wouldn't surprise me to see him get a start in like Mississippi or Florida or something. Florida, they seem to usually start. That's where they usually put their rehab guys. It's so close to the spring training. And speaking of the minor league guys, biggest reason that we have Jeff on is is as his Twitter handle would let you know at Prospects Braves, he's a big minor league guy. And uh, the minor leagues they they announced it's not official on the rosters yet, is it? They just kind of announced who's no. going where. There's just been like you know the teams have been letting out photos and the players are letting out photos. And it's like Scrabble; you got to figure it out. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> figure it out. I've got I've got most of it written down. What I know. So. For the bigger names, which is all anybody really cares about, for the big guys, Soroka's in yeah, Gwinnett. He's he's actually starting the Gwinnett opener. Um, Dustin Peterson, of course, is going to be in Gwinnett as well. Um, Carlos Franco, so, who had a really really strong spring. Yeah, is their rotation Soroka, Blair, Whistler, Sims, and Manny Barreto? Is that the is that the rotation there? Uh, no, no, Barreto isn't in the rotation. They they put uh, I think it was Gabe. So the rotation is like Soroka and then some combination of Blair Sims and Whistler and then Allard because Allard pitched a similar game today. Okay. I thought Allard was so in Colby and Soroka are the two big names and the rotation went out. Okay. I'm thinking Barreto will be in the, the bullpen somewhere. I don't think he's – there's too many pitchers for him to be a starter in the system. He's like 25. 
Bereda got loaned back to a team in the Mexican League. Los yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's so, where we got him from. I yeah. saw him pitch. I saw him pitch uh, in the AAA game in Orlando not long ago. He looked pretty good. But I mean, there's just so many other guys, first round picks. You know, just it's ridiculous. I think I, I tweeted out like you know the levels today, and there was 20 guys, and then there was like five, six guys that I forgot. Like I forgot Matt Whit- Matt Withrow. And it wasn't even like, I hate Matt Withrow. It's just there's so many names. It's hard to remember them all. And I forget Gabriel Genoa, or however you say his name. Enoa. Enoa? Yeah. Enoa. Waskar Enoa? Yeah. yeah Gabriel Enoa is, is with Oh, Oscar, uh, yeah. His brother his brother's Gabriel, right? Actually, no. Isn't Gabriel's brother and, Michael Enoa? And, and Michael, too. I think they're all they're all the same thing. Oh, there's right? another one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Michael Enoa was the one who was like a super, super highly touted prospect coming out of yeah. Cube, I believe, uh, and then flamed out quick with the with the White Sox and got released. But anyway, Double uh, A, you've got Kyle Wright, Tukey, uh, Pike, Freed. I thought Allard was there, but if you're saying he's in Gwinnett, I don't know who's in that fifth spot then for. for yeah, he's definitely in Gwinnett because uh, a bunch of the writers are there today, you know, tweeting out and stuff. But so who's the uh, uh, who's the fifth guy in Mississippi? I'd say it's probably going to be Sanchez or Withrow. You said Freed, right? Yeah. Tukey, Tyler Sanchez, Pike. I would imagine, is the starter because what's Sanchez, like 21 now? And then Matt Withrow, I think, would be the, the last guy. Remember Matt Withrow got hurt last year and it was like a huge mystery? Yeah. Yeah, well, I talked to him. I asked him what happened. I'm assuming since he told me that it's kind of like, you know, coming out. He broke his leg. He got hit by a pitch and it broke his leg. Oh, really? Yeah, like a comebacker, I, wow. I guess, broke his leg. Or he was fielding a ball and he broke his leg. It was something weird. And uh, so that's why he missed all that time last year. But he looked really good in Mississippi before he got hurt. So I'm, yeah, be, was, I think he'll be in the rotation in Mississippi again. Yeah, that that rotation was, was nasty last year because you had Free that was Weigel before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, Colby and Soroka. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. yeah, yeah, Colby and Soroka. And then Tukey joined it, and Johara was there for a little bit. That's some that's some serious talent passing through there, and that I mean, <clears throat> it looks like a, yeah, a lot a lot of the uh, the top flight guys they're gonna from that 2016 class. It looks like they're gonna wind up starting at Florida, but they'll 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 all ascend through, and they'll you know Mississippi yeah they'll be in Mississippi eventually. Mm-hmm. Does it look like yeah, I think like Ry- is Riley starting in Riley in. Jackson Riley's are both in Mississippi. in Mississippi, right? What's that? Riley, Riley Jackson, they're both in Mississippi. Yeah, I think Jackson will start back in Mississippi too. But they could both; I, they'll both be in Gwinnett this year. I think it was. I'm, I bet on it that both of them will be in Gwinnett by the end of the year. And then Florida, which is the the high, the Florida Fire Frogs, my favorite of the team names in the system. Uh, they get to me. They've got the the most enticing rotation. Oh, it's going to be great between Joey Wentz, yeah. who's my guy. Uh, flag planted. He's my favorite in the system. Um, Kansas. Um, yeah, the, the baseball hotbed of Kansas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Whatever. He's Mad- Madison Bumgarner 2.0, right in Sharpie. Um, Bryce Wilson. We're- North Carolina. Uh, Ian Anderson. Tucker Davidson, who was everybody's surprise guy last year. be interesting to see if he can keep that going. And Jeremy Walker, who was actually really good last year for a guy that didn't have a whole lot behind his name. He and Tucker Davidson yeah. surprised a lot of people last year. Yeah. They're the old men of the rotation at 22 whole years old. 
And then and I think Tucker just turned 22 the other day. Pache's in Florida too, right? Yeah, Pache will be in Florida. He's 19. And then I think uh, pretty much a given that Herbert will be here as well. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> I, I feel like he kind of, is, I mean, people know about him, but there's so many other catchers in the system that I kind of think he still got. You know, Isn't, got uh, the rug. he's a guy that had a really good year in Rome last year. I think William Contreras is in Florida Rome. too, right? No, Contreras might be in Rome. I'm not. I don't know about that one yet. Well, if he's in Rome, I'm excited because that's who I think is the yeah. actual catcher of the future for the Braves. Rome's um, gonna have a ridiculous offense this year. Like, going to be great. Florida doesn't have a great lineup looking outside. Outside of Pache, who no. I, who I do yeah. think will will finally show some power My guy. in Florida. Yeah, he hit the two home runs in the Futures game. Which Doc and I were at. Uh, It was incredible to see. Um, Were you there? Yes, we were. You went, went Doc, right? Yeah, yeah. We got a chance to meet up there. It was was really cool, man. And they weren't – those were real deal home runs, too. Oh, that second one, he he ripped it, yeah. Absolute laser shots. Yeah, I mean, it's – Apache. He was hitting some in batting practice uh, at the Yankees game, and he was hitting some. He's he's a lot bigger than he was last. Like he's put on, it's crazy because I've seen him in 2016 when he first came over, like May of the first year he was here, and he was this you know little scrawny dude, and now he's six yeah, two. Be, I bet he's pushing. Guys, he's pushing two. Bills you guys are gonna now. have fun watching. Yeah, yeah, you'll get to see him. Well, did you see him in Rome last year? I did not, unfortunately. Oh, uh, you missed it. Yeah, missed out, man. I've seen like I've seen video of him. I didn't see him in person, but I, I, I saw. Yeah. I've seen plenty of. He's really plays. fun to watch play center field. His he arm is pretty much. Every his ball. arm is insane. His his routes to balls is incredible. Oh yeah, I've seen him throw out like I've seen him throw out two base runners in one game at the plate. I mean, he, throw, yeah, he's he's, he's a gold glover right now. If his back catches up, quick, he's just a ridiculous athlete, man. The guy. If his if his really bat gets ready, he'll be he'll be. He has a chance to climb through the rank. He has a chance to fly through the ranks up to the majors as long as his back yeah. catches up. There's literally well, nothing. Well, the thing on is, defense. he hits for he hits for average. So no matter what, he's got the hit pool. If he doesn't, if, you know, if he becomes Ender and Ciarte, what's Ender? What's the most Ender's ever hit? Twelve when he hit like five in the first month last year. I think yeah, yeah. I mean, but I could see Pachi hitting for more. He has the potential. But if he only hits, you know, ten or twelve home runs a year, that's not a bad thing when you're. As good as he is defensively and on the base pass and with his arm, and you got to believe it's coming. He's he's big. He's six two. He's two hundred and something exactly. now. They list yeah, him at one eighty five, but he's the power. The power is going to come. And he's he's, he's the guy that all the scouts have been keying on lately. Since everybody knows how good Acuna is, Pache has been kind of right. the next one. And Pache is the guy that's going to keep Acuna in a corner outfield spot. Uh, and oh, yeah. when we talked to, uh, was it? Was it when we were talking to Gabe, or was it when we were talking to Grant Doc, or was it Jim that was talking about Pache has the the better athletic body than Acuna? I think, oh, yeah. I think yeah. I, actually, I don't remember which it was. Acuna, it might have been both. It's honestly like have, have you guys. I mean, I don't know how close up you guys have got to Acuna, how, how much you've seen him play, but he's he doesn't look. He's not a big dude. Like he's six like foot, one eighty, or five eleven. I think six foot is what they list him. So he's probably yeah, I guess five he's six eleven foot now. But I'm I'm not a big dude either, and I'm I'm like six foot, and he's not. I mean, he's not small. I'm not saying Acuna's small, but it's just crazy that he is what he does. What he does. Like when I saw him last year in Florida, I was thinking he was going to be bigger, and I, I feel like he's still going to get bigger. 
But he very well could. He's only 20. Look out if he does, because it'll be crazy. I mean, Altuve does what he does at his size, so I guess nothing. That's such an outlier. Same way. I mean, but, but Altuve is such an outlier. Like, that is. Oh, yeah, no. But <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying Acuna is that size. People, most people have seen Acuna by now. He's a big guy, but he's. I just thought he would be bigger. And like you're saying, Pachi is bigger than he is, so he definitely could develop the power that Acuna has. It's so funny to see, like when when they had uh, Pachi up on the um, up on the jumbotron, he's flashing that big smile, and he's still got his braces. His braces, it, yeah, yeah. And it's like he's giving interviews after the game, and like his his voice his almost cracks. Smile, like, yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, man, awesome. well, yeah, you can just see that that he was like that dude was real, real happy with with his performance, oh, yeah. you know? So yeah. that's, a, that's a, such a big thing for him to ride coming into this next year. That was the first team he'd ever hit in a game situation. No, he's never hit a home run. And that was a – it's still probably my favorite picture of spring training was was uh, Acuna and Pache with Oh, yeah, Andrew. me too. That was Just think there's literally no one better to learn how to play the game from and to learn not to make the same mistakes, but that's a different podcast. Um Talking about that that Florida rotation though, that pitching staff is going to be unhittable. So even though you've got you know your <laughs> Ray Patrick's league, the ballpark's are huge down here. And the, like I said, the lineup is atrocious. I mean, Anthony Seymour, yeah. Ray Patrick, Ditter, and Pache are, are going to basically be the entire run total. Um, we'll see if Lucas can can kind of develop the hit the, the stick a little bit, bit. Yeah. he'll have to because he's he's in danger of getting passed up uh yeah. as the rome roads i believe Lugbauer is also in florida correct i think yeah i think he'll be in florida because Lugbauer is a guy that andy and i were talking and Lugbauer is a guy that it looks like that they're they're trying to keep at catcher and his bat is going to move him through the system quick because didn't he play third base in college too? Yes, mm-hmm. played third base, yeah, catcher, first yeah. base. He even played some. There's not outfield. really any good infielders on, um, in Florida, and I'm thinking he may. I could see him move to a corner because of Herbert, but at the same time, like you said, live behind the plate. There's just so many catchers now. I mean, with, his his hit tool is going to carry him. That he can flat yeah. out rake. He right now he's the best the best hitter of the catchers in the system. He's a better hitter than Alex Jackson. Lugbauer? Right yes. You think so? Yes. Jackson is... Cumberland? Oh, yeah. yeah, I was going to say. Oh, I like Cumberland, Cumberland a lot, man. I, I, I like Cumberland. I'm real high on Cumberland. I've seen him play a pretty good amount. I don't think Cumberland's a catcher, so I don't call him a catcher. I well, think he's that, an outfielder. I, I agree with you there. I don't know that he could can stick a catcher. I think they might stick him in the outfield this year. I think I think I Cumberland think. is the worst defensively of all the catchers as far as all the yeah. skills go. But I think Jackson looks a lot better. Jackson's come around. Jackson has. You can tell he's played there in the past. Right. There's Jackson's a weird thing for me. I'm not entirely certain that Jackson is a catcher, and not not because he doesn't he doesn't he does some things very well. Um, his framing it's still not great, but you can tell that he spent a lot of time working with Tyler Flowers. It was a lot better than it was when he first transitioned back to it. His receiving yeah. skills are still so far behind, though. The way he catches the ball is still not good. Um, I believe he dropped two in the Futures game. I believe he dropped four or five total in spring training. Um, I think a lot of that was nerves in the Future game, though. Maybe, but I just because he's never done that in a game that I've I've seen him catch probably four or five times, and I'm never going to drop that many like that. I wasn't there, so I don't know, but I heard about it. It was. It didn't look good. It didn't look clean. I'm just. I'm not so certain with the because. Like I said, I think William Contreras is the catcher of the future, and I don't think he's that far behind Alex Jackson. Willie, I think uh, I think 
I think Contreras is going to be a very quick He's going to be the next well. mover. Yes. Is that your prediction, Dylan? Yes. Yeah. I think uh, he's, he's one of the better ones. To, I still think uh, Herbert's the better defensive catcher. He's the best defensive catcher in the system. Um, yeah. Contreras Willie, is the best. Willie is, Willie is great behind the plate. I saw him in the low A game. Uh, great yeah, arm. Field the Cruz. John Curtis pitched. Uh, have you guys have you guys heard of John Curtis? Not at all. He was one he, of the senior senior signs last year. Yeah, he was like a late late pick last year, and I seen him pitch this year. He's got he's a lefty. He's a kind of he might be a reliever, but he's a guy to look out for. I'd say he could he's got a deceptive delivery. He's got good stuff from the left side. I think he's out of he's out of some tiny school, but I like that I saw John Curtis. But anyways, Contreras, what we're talking about is uh, he is really really good. He's going to be really good. He's, he's got super a, young. He's got a good bat. He's got decent pop in that bat. Defensively, he's got an outstanding arm behind the plate. Good pop time. Good receiving skills and good framing. Uh, I think. I think he moves very quick. I think he's a two to three. I think he's a two level riser this year. Um, Mississippi by the end of the year, you think? I do. Uh, but they uh, they they are real conservative about the guys at the lower levels. They'll usually yeah. try to keep them there in Rome for Rome for about is a the whole. spot. Mm-hmm. But and also we we also we were used to to the the copy era of where everybody Alan flies through levels. And yeah, I don't I don't think that's going to happen this year, man. I don't even know if he's going to start in Rome, which is crazy. But. Who would start over him in Rome? Ah, uh, Jonathan Morales. No, no Morales higher. Lugbauer could start in Florida, but he he might he might start in Rome too. But he's a little he's a little older. He's a college guy, so I think I think Lugbauer is in Florida to start the year. I'm pretty certain. You see, this is where everything nice that we've they actually had the rosters, right? You know, we're we're just yeah. we're just speculating. It's, it's, what is it? Wednesday? Yeah. Tomorrow's yeah. opening day for the Fire Frogs, and does Rome open tomorrow too? I think they do. Yeah, I think when yeah. the only one starts Friday. Yeah. Mississippi opens the multi, so Soroka pitch or no, uh, I guess, see, we don't even know who's starting besides Soroka. What are you doing, Braves? What are you doing to us? <laughs> They're doing it on purpose. They're just trying to keep people in the dark. But anyway, regardless of that, that Rome squad that Doc and I are going to get to see a good bit, that's actually a pretty intriguing squad, too. Uh, Kyle Mueller, I would imagine, is, I imagine Kyle Mueller is going to start their opening day. with Oh, Kyle Muller. We saw him, we saw him at the Futures game, and I came away very, gas. very impressed. Is it, is it Mueller? Oh, I saw him in spring. Yeah, he's thrown gas. We, he was 90, consistent he was, 97, easy 97 when we were at the Futures game. Yeah. The delivery. Well, he was wild at 97, but what he said, he dropped back down to like 93, 92. Yeah, he almost hit two people he in the face. Tra- yeah. But, uh, well, his, <laughs> didn't he hit 98? Like he hit like 97.9 or something ridiculous. Yeah. His, uh, his delivery looks so much more clean, though, than it did last year. There's so many like there's there's almost no wasted motion in that delivery right now. There's not a lot of torque that he's putting on. Well, he's real over the top last year. Right. They have they have really fixed what he had going on. It looks nice and like easy he, and repeatable. His head would dip when he would be like real. Yeah, he actually looks like a starter now instead of a, a big old reliever. He looks like a starter now. Uh, Freddie Tarnock looks like he's going to wind up starting in Rome this yeah. year. Which that's really interesting because he Tampa was boy. like, yeah, and he, so you raw. guys went to the same high school, right? Yeah, yeah, he went to my high school. I went to school with his brother. He's so raw, though. That's the thing on Tarnock. And that's oh yeah, he when, just started pitching like a year and a half ago. Or when they took him, he was hitting ninety five, but he'd only been pitching for like a year when they when the Braves drafted him in the third round. He reminds me of uh, Ian Anderson. 
because Ian Anderson hadn't really pitched for as long either. He's just big, big guy that can hit 95. Big, he looks like a pitcher. I've so seen him. I haven't seen a pitch yet, but he, I've seen him in person, and he's just a huge specimen. Like Wins and Muller were when they drafted him. I mean, it's just those those guys. Those guys, like with Brian Bridges, they would always say, it's what a pitcher looks like. You know, mm-hmm. what but can he hit like Wins and Mueller could? Because Wins and Mueller were also two of the top prep hitters in the game, too. Oh, yeah. That, it was what I think it was the three of them were all top 40, and we got them all. Yeah. yeah, we got all but uh, all but Wentz under slot value, I believe, right? Yeah, and then Bryce Wilson might be the best of them, honestly. You bite your tongue, but uh, I, I will be excited to see Bryce. Bryce looked really good in the oh, futures yeah, game as well. <laughs> he actually he looked really good, and there's something to be Too said you for won't get to see him on TV though. I know, I know. You you will have to send. All you have to rely on me. Yeah, you have to rely on me. There's a lot to be But there's there's a lot to be said for the way he attacks like hitters. He's yeah. he's very much a bulldog. I really. Oh, you can exactly tell he's a. Him, yeah. You can tell he's well, a football, football player. That's, yeah, you can tell he's a football player. Yeah. He, I worry he's about a him. Bit of flow going on this year too. He's growing it out. I worry about him at bit, at the the higher levels just because he's so around the plate so all aggressive. the time. And yeah, he, he lives around the plate. Right. And that's oh, John Lackey. Right here in Florida. Somebody just sent me. It's the John Lackey esque because you can hear this plane coming over the top of me. Somebody's about to uh, attack my little house. Um, Are you playing baseball? Are you watching baseball while you're recording a baseball podcast? I'm actually not, unfortunately. Uh, I have to. I have to stay focused, otherwise I'll I'll lose track. Um, But I'm excited to see that. the The cool thing about Rome, what has me excited, is is the lineup actually, because Izzy Wilson, John Carlos Encarnacion, two of my absolute favorite position prospects. I love Drew Waters, but Izzy Wilson might be the. When you talk about Ronald Acuna, Christian Pache, Izzy Wilson has just as many tools as those two. He's big. He's six three, yeah, he's, at least one ninety. Together, man. He has massive, massive power. I have oh, seen him did. hitting them. He is a massive specimen. He's fast. He plays a good defense. He's got a massive arm as well. Now he's a little bit of more of a head case between the three, and he's got more work to do to harness his tools. But I really think that Izzy Wilson is going to be in the long-term Braves plans as well. I think he's going to be somebody that once once he kind of – it might take him three or four years to kind of come into his own. But I really, really love Izzy Wilson's tools. I kind of yeah. get the feel that his power is is kind of more advanced than any any of his other tools. And I just hope that he doesn't wind up becoming like an Adam Walker type or like a Travis Demerit type where oh, just everything so with you. his hit tool yeah. has a lot of yeah, catching up trying. to do. Well, that's what when I think of Izzy Wilson, I always think of like him and Lewis Baez is kind of lumping together. And I thought they cut Baez, but um, Wilson's better. He had, like you said, he has, he has, he's a huge guy and he's got speed. He played, he can play center field if they wasn't so many center field right. <laughs> If he wasn't playing with Pache for for his entire right. minor league career, he'd have been playing I think center. He could be in Florida this year and play with Pache. I think he's. Pache. I think is he. I think he's starting in center on Rome. I think Drew. It's either him or I Drew think Waters. Waters. Be center fielder, man. See, I think Waters is more of a corner outfielder. I've seen Waters play a lot because he's uh, up from my neck of the woods. He played it. I'm just saying because he's he's a first round pick. True, and, and I like Drew Waters. He's going to be in too. Rome. I think they have a lot more invested in. I'm not saying that 
he should be a center fielder. He'll stick as a center fielder, but I think that's where he's going to start this I year. I think they'd be better served having Waters that's in center. That's where I saw him all spring. I saw him. I only saw him spring once, but he was in he was in uh, center field. But he was playing in the low A game, and Izzy was playing in the the high A game. So I think there'd be more evidence that. I think it'd be better for Izzy. them to have him in center and have Izzy play in the corner because that's where Izzy's going to play if he pans out in the Braves system. He's not going to be playing center field for the Braves. But I, I like Drew Waters a lot as well. There's a lot of potential there. Uh, there's potentially five tools in that in that as well. He's very fast as well. Uh, big old boy, wow. local kid. Um, his left-handed swing is a lot better than his right-handed swing at this point, but – uh, I believe was it yeah. you that was tweeting out that he that he looked a lot better from the right side when you saw him. Yeah, well, he was working on his swing. Uh, I wasn't at the Rome thing, but he hit both. Way. He had had a hit from both sides when I saw him. He looked good, and I think the next day he had four hits. I, I mean, obviously they don't publish like the spring numbers or anything, but from what I could tell, he had a good spring. He's another one and, super raw. Going to have to really work on his hit tool. Yeah, he's going to be in Rome all year, like Doc was saying. I like to stick guys down there and keep them there. Jeffrey but, Ramos as well. Yeah, Jeffrey Ramos is a guy that I think a lot of people are going to like this year. Big time power as well. Big power. Yeah, the ball just kind of jumps off his bat. I saw him in GCO last year. Question and, is, can uh, he play guy, defense? He'll probably be a left fielder. He's not going to you know wow you with his speed or anything, but guy can hit. He but can rake. Can he catch sure. the ball? Oh yeah, he can catch the ball. Okay, I I like Ramos as bad too. He's not terrible. He's in a. He's a he's a he's a big guy, but he's not like you know. I think he's shorter than all the other guys. He's like five ten. Unless the Braves just listed him as shorter for some reason. Yeah, no, he's 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 bigger than Waters. Keep in mind, a lot of these guys are are not are not done. Yeah, they're young as hell. I mean, I think Ramos might be eighteen, and Waters might have just turned nineteen, and Waters is. You know he's gonna get a lot bigger, and he'll get more of the power. I don't think he's gonna have the power early on, but we'll see. And my favorite, John Carlos Encarnacion, who I think uh, is, I think he's the best third baseman in the system. And yes, I know that's including Austin Riley. Um, <laughs> you love being controversial, don't you? I do. I do. I love being controversial. <laughs> uh, but it's also because Joey Lynch is better than everyone. And yeah. Well, Dancy when it Wants happens, is, that's terrible. When it when it happens, and Joey Wentz is is the ace of the staff, you'll come back and be like, man, that Dylan guy, he really was right. But uh, anyway, on JCE, I just say that right now because I'm and I'm I'm coming around on Austin Riley. I really am. I just want to see it longer. I guess I want to see it for a longer length of time than just some spring training at bats and you know, a little bit of defense. Riley's defense looks a ton, so much better, so much better oh, than really it did at the beginning of last yeah, yeah. year, but it's still got nothing on JCE's defense. And that that's why I like JCE right now. He has the full profile because he's extremely athletic, has a very strong arm, and he can flat out rake. And he needs to walk because that three and a half walk percent, not real strong. Uh, hopefully that will improve as he gets better umpires as he moves up the minors, but I'm very, very excited yeah. about him as well. Yeah, JC is a guy to look out for, for sure. Got big power, young as hell. Going to be the third baseman of Roman, sure. I'm excited to see it happen. What about you, Doc? Who you like this year? I heard you say anybody. I am really curious to see if, uh, if Matt Rowland is, uh, ah. you know, because he was – 
he was over slot signing in the 2016 draft and he got hurt. It was his shoulder. I don't think it was Tommy John, but it was something that, that kept him out for, I mean, he hasn't thrown a, a competitive pitch for the Braves and uh, all signs are pointing to the fact that he's going to wind up in Rome this year. And I mean, he was pretty highly touted. He was hitting 95 when he was coming out of high school. Is his shoulder capsule or anything? Was anything like oh, that? Oh, is he from Marietta? Yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, okay, he, that's cool. Yeah, so he was. Uh, he's another another local kid. So he he could play. Like, another. I was talking about earlier today how there's so many arms. I, I now that you mentioned him, I do remember us drafting Roland. Yeah, and 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 since he was gone, or since he was kind of on the shelf for so long, he kind of almost functions as like a 2017 pick more than a 2016. He's a little yeah. older. Does that so, mean on that new arm? There was a lot of excitement about him, and so, you know, I'm I'm excited about Waters and Wilson and Ramos in, in the outfield. Um, Incarnacion, I've I've heard a lot about, but I haven't really had it, had a chance to, to see much of. So I'm excited well, to see anything to see if you weren't down here in Florida. So right, you know, yeah, no, nobody's pushing out a whole lot of footage of what's going on in the the GCL. So uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, you were you were the guy. So. Um, so Matt Rowland is gonna kind of gonna be my guy, and and Mueller too, and and for the love of God, can we get Thomas Burroughs out of Rome? Please! Oh my God! If they start him back in Rome, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be upset. <laughs> I've been counting on him to be a, a lefty College dominant guy. guy forever. I think he I just, had like 11 strikeout per nine last year too. It was like yeah. he was striking people out left and right, and couldn't get the call. I've had him on my lists of of guys to watch out for for like the last two years, and yeah, he can't seem to move nothing. up a level. Well, we just traded for him last year, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Like right before last year. Yeah. When we got Gohar, I wrote about him. It feels like forever, though. It's one of those things like Akeel Morris where you're looking at at the numbers and you're looking at the stuff and you're going, I don't quite understand. Yeah, I mean, did Thomas Burroughs fight John Scherholz's daughter or something? (laughs) Right, and and at a certain point, you just have to say, there's something else going on that we don't know about. There there always has to be. So, But I would assume that... that, uh, the Burroughs would be would be the first man up, but him, yeah. him or uh, him or Brandon White. So I'm excited. What about uh, Chase Johnson Mullins? Chase Johnson Mullins is my guy. He's like a, a Goliath. Bear. He's a giant. A pitch. <laughs> it's like six <laughs> seven. Shake his hand. The, the, shake his hand, and you will feel like a child. <laughs> <laughs> and he throws like he's, like, he's also the nicest person in the world. If you ever see Chase, say hello. Say hey, Chase, and he'll he'll talk talk to you because he's a great guy. And he built like Shaq. Yeah, he's like yeah, six he's, seven. He's, like a, he's a power forward from like nineteen eighty seven. <laughs> he's so big. He uh, on those Pistons teams like that were always beating Jordan up in the Eastern Conference Finals. He's so right. huge. Uh, Devin Watts, Corbin Klaus is Devin Klausy. Do you see where uh, Devin Watts? Where where did Watts get placed? Do you know? I haven't seen any of the relievers really yet, honestly. Um, I would imagine that those guys. Let, let's see. I saw him with Double A when I saw Soroka start, so I'd imagine that's where they go back to Mississippi. Because Watts looks like a guy who he could. Watts is a guy who might get up pretty quick. Klaus was very disappointing in the AFL. I don't know how that. Yeah, he got roughed up. I don't know how that affects the front office's view of him at all, if at all, but, because everybody in the, in the AFL seemed to rake. Uh, and Max Freed seemed to be about the only pitcher that was dominant. Yeah, and he got sent back to Mississippi. <laughs> I, I just for Freed, I am, you know, he has had the, about as much of a roller coaster ride as anybody. When he came back from TJ, and he stepped in that room rotation. Granted, he was uh-huh, like, great. Yeah, he was like four years old. older than everybody yeah. else. But 
but he was awesome. And then he blisters or not, man, he was scuffling in Mississippi. But you know, he skipped high yes. altogether, and then he skipped yeah, it was AAA. Weird he didn't really pitch that well in AA. I feel like he, did he did he pitch in AAA? I thought he skipped AAA. He skipped AAA well, he, to go to the bullpen. Then he well, yeah, then yeah. did he get a couple did AAA pitch, starts? Though? No, I think he got a couple starts in AAA, and then came up back again at the end of the year. It and got was some really weird how they handled it last year with him. You, remember, you guys remember that when he went like in the, he was in the bullpen for like several weeks and he pitched like once mm-hmm. in the big leagues, yeah. and the minor league season was still going on. It was like, what what are you guys doing with Max Fried? Yeah, because I think that's why he got sent down for a couple starts in AAA. They brought him back up, and he ended the year starting in Atlanta. Yeah, he's had like two or three starts. That was actually where he was the best at. He was actually out of out of double A, triple A in his time in right. the majors as a reliever. He was, he was best yeah. as a starter. Yeah, and then they demoted him. Make him he, ton of he was awesome in the AFL too. And yeah, then, he was. His stuff looked great. Like he was the man in AFL. And then he kinda his control was off in spring training though. Something was a I don't think he has a big margin of error. On his, I, I I don't think that uh, he's got good stuff. I don't think I'd call it great stuff. When he's relieving, he's 95, 96. But well, yeah. as a starter, he's kind of I'm actually looking. I'm going old school here, guys. I'm looking at the back of his baseball card from last year. In 2017, he had 90 innings, 92 innings, and had a 5-4 year, and that was in the minor leagues. Yeah. So There's not a big margin of error with him because his curveball is extremely beautiful. Oh, but when you beautiful. have one of those big loopers – if you're off with it at all, that just turns into whoo, that turns into a it's, meatball. It's getting parked. Yeah. Were you really looking at the back of a baseball card? That is so cool. I was. Yeah, I got Max Reed's rookie card right here. He's got a stats from last year on it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, man. That's me. <laughs> I found a. I found a, a old. I'm gonna totally go get off the subject here. I found a. Uh, my parents just moved out of their house, and so their attic was just full of a whole bunch of crap. I mean, I found like my old basketball trophies from the from the late eighties. Um, you know, I was a a physical specimen at age seven um, when I was playing <laughs> basketball, but I found a bunch of old baseball cards and stuff too. And like, I just I it's been about a month ago or so. I just sat in my office with just you know fanned oh, yeah. out all these baseball cards. It's like Randy Johnson. Stars, man, look out. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was like walking down memory in. lane. Yeah, yeah. I'm like yeah. looking at him like, oh, God, this is the Mark McGuire, Don Russ all-star card. Yeah. You know, here's Vince Coleman and you know, all these old names. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God. Like, you can you can touch it. It's like this is what fan graphs look like in you know, 1990s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're a kid and you just look at the stats. That's the thing. I've always done that. With those so kids, my so. parents have a baseball card of me. Of you? Yeah. All-star. Uh, one, of, one of one of the years, one of the years that we played, I believe I was probably. Oh, I think 14, I think we 15. all had those when we played little league. Yeah, probably fourteen. And the, cover, the magazine cover. Uh, we didn't do that. Like our our coach just actually like went out and actually made like Printed real baseball cards. Now he yeah. made like real baseball cards because he had more money nice. than he than he really needed. So he we went to college though, right? A uh, little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Um, nothing to really yeah, write a lot home longer about. than I did. <laughs> Nothing to really write home about, but uh, I, yeah. I did play a little bit. But that one was cool because uh, it was it was old enough to where we weren't like young tiny kids. And that one, my parents still have that card framed up somewhere. Um, 
I never got into the whole baseball card thing very much. I'll be honest. I have. You weren't have, a kid in the '90s. How old are you, man? I'm 27. Almost forgot how old I was. Uh, okay. I I'm have 29. A, what are you, Doc? You're a little older than me, aren't you? Uh, uh, mm, let's just say that I'm closer to I'm closer to 50 than I am to 20. How about that? <laughs> Damn, Doc, old ass man over here. <laughs> I, yeah, I've got, I got a Chipper uh, Jones. High you told card. me when we went to that game, but I don't remember how old you told me you were now. Yeah, I'll be. Uh, I'll be. When I'm trolling that girl on the Batista jersey the whole time. Oh yeah, and the Jose Reyes. <laughs> oh, that's what it was, Reyes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm. Uh, I will be 36 on April the 20th. I have one uh, card. I have a Chipper Jones high school card. That's all I've got. The other ones are like Chipper. The other ones are like bookmarks, basically. That's some good value, man. I got a Chipper Jones. I don't think autograph it's... recently, and that was like my holy grail when I was a kid, and I got it as an adult, and I was just super stoked. <laughs> All right, I, I got to ask you a couple questions since we brought you on, and I feel like we haven't gotten any nitty gritty stuff. So I'm going to ask you some "Who's going to be better?" questions. I want you let's to dig this. deep on these. I'm going to hate this, but let's do it. Oh yeah, you were making fun of me a little bit for for calling me a Dansby hater, so I'm going to do my best to get some people to <laughs> Make turn me on me. Hate act like I hate somebody. Exactly. Uh, let's see, <laughs> Joey Wentz or Bryce Wilson? Who's better? Oh man, so hard. Why are you doing this to me, man? Um, I'm going to go Wentz. Okay. Uh, yeah, Wentz, man. I mean, they are both so good last year, and I like them. I've seen them both pitch. Wentz or but Allard? I'm going to go Wentz again. Damn it, man. What are you doing? You're just trying to make me say Wentz is the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to show everybody that my, my, my takes aren't as crazy as people thought. Uh, but Actually, I do have one that, that I actually can't really figure out between myself right now. Uh, Anderson or Tukey? Oh, man. Um, I mean, if you want to go age, Anderson's younger, but he's got like that weird injury history where it's not really like super concerning injuries, but it's weird enough and frequent enough now. It's kind of like, okay, is this guy going to be one of those guys that's injured all the time? I'd probably go Tukey. And I saw him pitch a lot last year in Florida, and that's probably why. Just because I see him getting better. And his curveball is the best in the he system. He just has this, and he's got, you know, he's got great stuff. Ian Anderson's got great stuff. But I just think, I mean, Ian Anderson could figure it out because he's got two years, he's two years younger than Tukey. And, you know, be better. But for now, I'm going to say Tukey. I mean, it's funny because all these guys that we're talking about are guys that are at the very least, you know, like number three or four guys. I think I think when I did my top ten, it was like Tukey ten and Anderson eleven or something too. So that's like you know, pretty yeah, pretty tough. They're they're right there. Ooh. I'd say they're similar. Kyle Wright or Mike Soroka? Oh, man, oh. you can't ask him. That's not even fair. <laughs> oh man, uh, I'm gonna go Soroka just because he's he's Soroka man. <laughs> what about yeah, you, I'm Doc? Soroka. I like Wright. Wright. Wright's got you know, but I mean, nobody knew that. Uh, Mike Soroka had 95 mile an hour. 97. He struck out Miguel Cabrera. Struck out Cabrera. Yeah, he hit 97 in that game. I was actually sitting right in front of like some some Braves sort of cross checkers, like some young guys, and they were tracking the pitches. So I was, you know, obviously I was listening to them. 
<laughs> like that was unbelievable. I did not know yeah, he had like, that they in were like, at all. Ninety-seven. I was like, I was like ninety-seven. They're like, yeah. 97. Is your is your radar <laughs> gun correct? Like, yeah. Well, no, because there's a radar gun at the stadium, and it's kind of hot sometimes. Because I I go to that stadium a lot, Lakeland Stadium. And uh, but yeah, he had ninety-seven. Struck out Miguel Cabrera looking on like four or five pitches. Yeah. It was pretty sexy. I mean, that, that's not humanly possible. That's like that's like a Ronald Chapman. At, his, I was at right. And when Wright pitched in uh, Dunedin, he went up against, I think it was, Kimmer who let off, but it was uh, Bachet and then Vladdy Jr. And he mowed through that lineup. So, Kyle Wright's really good too, man. He's another uh, man. He looked, he looked really good in the Futures game too. Right? Yeah. He looked really good. Didn't he have a, yeah, yeah. Well, Soroka, he was okay in the Futures game, but it's just one game, one inning. I mean, Soroka yeah, looked good all Soroka. spring. What's that? Since Soroka looked good all spring, other than I think his first outing, he uh, gave up a couple runs, and then after that, it yeah. was like nothing. Right, and then I I, I saw him pitch a double A start in Lakeland, and he looked really good there too. I think he had eleven strikeouts in four or five innings. Five innings, I'm saying. Yeah, because that was the question but, with him. I mean, if he's if he is consistently oh, yeah, a ninety five, uh, all these guys, you know, they. They they hear what is said, and Riley hears about the bat speed, and you know, Soroka heard, you know, that, but they have uh, Soroka is. I think he got a lot better from last year to this year, like in the off season. He had a big off season. I mean, he so. was ninety one to ninety three all year last year, and that yeah, was the last question. Year, yeah, was, and I mean, the thing is, too, is what is he twenty years old? Is he twenty one now? I believe he's 20. no, he's twenty. He's still twenty, yeah, I think. Still twenty, yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because it's. 18 is the drinking age in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the biggest Mike, thighs. Anyway. He's got the biggest thighs ever. Oh, yeah, he's got hockey thighs. Mika, shout out to Mika Kripersoff. He's a hockey player. I have no idea who that is. Yeah. You know, if uh, with Soroka's stuff, even if he was still sitting 91-93 like he was last year, with that level of command... Oh, and, command number. Yeah, what do you have, like a sub-two walk for nine last year or something like that? Something yeah, silly. and that was being one of the youngest uh, pitchers in the Southern League. And mm. so now if you add, you know, three, three or four, four miles on the fastball. Was, and keep the command, like, exactly. That, that's a one, dude. That's Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a, yeah, I hate to, I don't He'll want to throw for around the term ace, but yeah. he whiz, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it would be a shame if somebody on this show were to throw out some semi-controversial opinions, wouldn't it? <laughs> Nobody ever does that on the Platinum Sombrero. We yeah, keep so rational. I, I definitely go Soroka over over Ray for now. These are tough questions. I mean, you got any more? Any more? Any position player ones? Or are you just going on pitchers? If I want to go position players, how about I say? Oh, bo- 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 bo. I'm going to say... Ezekiel Carrera or Jeff Decker? Don't you Never dare answer it. that. Uh, <laughs> William Contreras or Alex... with Michael Reed. <laughs> yeah. Contreras or Jackson? What is it? Contreras or Jackson? Oh, man. It's another tough one. Um, just because he really impressed me in spring, and I didn't get to see Contreras play as much. I go with Jackson. Jackson looks... Again, it's spring training, minor league spring training, just spring training too. But Jackson looks like the bat is real. I mean, when what was it twenty fourteen draft class? 
Mm-hmm. Right there. Yeah. I mean, he was going to be, he was like a potential one, one pick. And then I think something weird happened, but he, he's, he's got a great, he's a great hitter, man. I don't know about like you were talking about earlier. I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or beforehand, but him sticking behind the plate is a question, but you can tell that he's really worked at it. And I think like you're saying, he's worked with Tata Flowers on framing. It's just, you know, refining his skills behind the plate, whereas Contreras is kind of already the total package at a younger age. But Jackson's already, you know, been there, done that. Um, not to not bank on upside, but I think Alex Jackson has a lot of upside still too. So I'll go, I'll go Jackson. It's hard to find some some position player stuff because as much as I love our system, the position players There's not as many, right? Not as many that I'm that I'm yeah. thinking are, or at least not as many overall that are so close as the pitchers are. Yeah. There's some, there are some really good position prospects. Well, here, but I'll, I'll ask you one. Dylan. Go ahead. Then let me ask you one. Austin Riley or John Carlos Encarnacion? <sighs> Let's see. How how mean do I want to? I'm going to say Riley with one caveat. Riley. With one caveat. When JCE is up past Rome, and if he handles Florida like he handled Rome, I'll probably switch to JCE. Or I'll say this. If Riley puts together the same start of the season that he put at the end of Mississippi, I might have him as like my number three overall position player. Well, that's that's what uh, Riley's got to do, man. He's got to get that first half. It's like if he can show me that, that he, what he did both last his year has was, been a slower, not terrible first half. Is, and they've just been on fire on the second half. He's made, a, season. he's made a ton of improvements, man. Like his his hands are a lot quicker. Yeah. Um he, his swing is like still a his touch. His gloves improved. His swing's still he's a better, touch. He's, in better shape. he's a touch long on the swing, but he knows yeah. that, so he knows to start it earlier. To so start. Yeah, his timing mechanism is much better. Um mm-hmm. he's he seemed very sure handed. Uh the range is I think he's I think he's honestly I think he's got more range than Rio now. Um, Did he play the whole Futures game, or I mean, most of it, anyways? Mm, we left after the sixth inning. I th- they, they started. I think he was gone <laughs> by that point. No, yeah, they, they put they in a started. bunch of young guys. Did, didn't Willie get in? I think Willie got in, and Jose Bermudez. Jose Bermudez. Jose Bermudez. Yeah, Bermudez got in. Yeah, Bermudez was like pinch hitting in the fourth inning. And we're both just kind of looking at each other. Like, who going. is this guy? Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I've seen him around, but I honestly haven't seen him play that much because there's so many other. It's crazy when you go to the the Braves minor league games because there's so many guys that not everybody always gets to play. That's just how much talent there is around. You know, when there's only four teams and there's 40 guys. It really hurt me not to say John Carlos Encarnacion right there. Uh, it's just, I don't <laughs> know that I, can, I don't know that I can say that for for a guy in Rome, just because. Yeah. That that's you know that's three that's four levels that I'm having to that I'm having. But he's also I think say. nineteen. Yeah. Well, he'll be nineteen this year. As far as potential, I think he I think JCE could have some of the highest potential yeah. in the system, but I mean, I well, you got to go with who's we'll showed go, more. We'll go here, Dylan. Joey Winter, Luis Johara. Oh no! How dare you, <laughs> Joey Wentz, For one reason, jo- well, actually two reasons. Joey Wentz has four pitches. He already has off speed, and Joey Wentz is more consistent. 
where, J where Gohara has better stuff. Gohara has the most electric arm in the system. Uh, he was the hardest throwing lefty in all of baseball last year. He has an absolutely filthy slider. But Joey Wentz is better at putting his pitches where he wants them to consistently. And Joey's at the point where if his curveball is not working in a start, he will scrap it mid-inning and switch to his slider and vice versa. And that's a very, very underrated aspect for a pitcher to have. Oh, yeah. And that one hurt my soul, yeah, too. I'm not he's, he was uh, advanced in Gulf Coast League when I saw him come out of. And Man. there's a lot more velocity to come because when he was in the Futures game, he was hitting 95, 96. Yeah. All those guys were showing out in their one inning. But not, I'm not saying that he can't hold that velocity, but I think Wentz is more of a guy that's, what is he, said, like 93, 94? He game? sat 92 last year. High school, yeah. he was 95. I, I yeah. put forth that he dropped down in velocity to curtail some of the walks. Because I think he had about four walks per nine his first little go around, uh, and then last year was his first full season, and he dropped to like yeah. like a t uh, a tick under three walks per nine, but he dropped in velocity a little bit. I think he's probably somewhere right. in the ninety three ninety four range. I think mm -hmm. if it were he to be a reliever, he'd be ninety six ninety seven, but I think ninety three ninety four is his yeah. niche. Yeah, I get people out. I think it's kind of funny when everybody freaks out when they see like Colby's velocities down to, to 90. Well, that did freak me out a little bit when he was at like 88 because Colby didn't have yeah, a lot of yeah. velo to spare. You don't want to be Dan Heron. I, great Twitter follow. I don't want him. I don't want you to be him. I don't want you to be late career Dan Heron where you're yeah, serving up gopher balls. Great handle. I love yeah, the best. If you're not following Dan Heron, by the way, you really should. He is probably yeah. the best baseball player to follow. Him and Brandon McCarthy are both really good tweeters. Uh, Twitter. Very good, but Dan Heron's probably the funniest. True. He's very self-deprecating about about how far balls got launch jobbed off him. Yeah. Well, I mean, but they started Colby back in Gwinnett, so I think the organization, I don't think they're worried about it. So, and the thing is, is he had, that was already coming out, like, July of last year. And if you look at his numbers, I've posted them before, like, his last, like, eight starts, he had, like, a one- Two nine ERA, and I mean it's not like the Southern League is a joke league. Like Southern League's good. Does it worry um, you at all that he's so he's he hasn't grown very much as far as like he hasn't no, he's gotten a small guy, right? He's not a very not slight. A guy. I don't think he's got a four inch growth spurt in him. I don't know if he has the yeah the two hundred inning body, but we'll see. And some of these guys, and I I tell fan I tell other people this all the time. Some of these guys are going to get traded, so. You're no, gonna, there's so many of them. You're going to get angry. Some of them are going to be gone, and some of them are going to move to reliever. This year, you think it's going to start this year? Uh, depending. Anthopolis has been an interesting. It depends. Well, Matt Kemp. traded like Ryan Schimp and Akil Morris. and Traded Kemp. The, the beloved of Akil Morris. So well, old friends. But, uh, Master of change-ups. <laughs> yeah, which actually, by the way, I think that that's one of the reasons why Akil wasn't going to get used here very much. I don't think... AA likes a changeup based pitcher who walks a ton of people. But yeah, he was getting 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 the shaft during the copy era too, man. There's mm -hmm. like like I was saying about the it's weird about uh, Thomas Burroughs. Like there's yeah. there's gotta be some and I and I'm this is strictly speculation. I'm not trying to say that Akil Morris is strictly a jerk. speculation. Yeah. Doc Herbert. Yeah, this is this is the new segment on the show. Strictly speculation with Doc. 
Uh, I'm not trying to say that that Akil Morris is a jerk or that uh, Thomas Burroughs, um, you know, put put his hands on somebody's girlfriend or something. But like, yeah, I don't know. Be, there, sometimes it just doesn't make no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, who knows? But I, I wish wish the best for Akil in the next. You know, with with the Angels, I hope Akil also he, had a. Does, well, does at least you're success. not some random guy on the internet like <laughs> proclaiming that Ozzy and Jahara are. Uh, you know, drunks that I love the party on. Well, that oh, is the yeah. thing that people have been and saying the thing about is, like, dude, Like, if I was 21 or 20 years old and I just made the big leagues, I'd be a, a drunk too. I almost cussed on your show. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if it's allowed, but I'm just saying, man, <laughs> like, Ozzy Albies is awesome. And he still goes up. <laughs> I mean, I have actually heard that about Gohar, that that was actually a, yeah. a fairly big problem when he was with Seattle. Um, when he was with Seattle. Right. So it might worry some people in the organization, which is why mm-hmm. some people have floated around the idea that Anthopolis That's might be more selling high on Gohara. I don't want to see mm-hmm. it. Uh, Gohara is one no, of the arms I mean, that I want to see hard. stay. Like, as I've said, I would be <laughs> – this is going to sound bad if his dad hears this, but I promise I'm not saying this maliciously. But I would be willing to listen on Newcomb because somebody is going to be – incredibly enticed by the just overall power the arm there. Stuff. Yeah. And it's not that I don't think that Newcomb can be a starter in this league. It's just I don't rank There's him in the top five. I don't have him in the top five or six. Yeah. In our system, yeah. I mean, that's the same thing I say oh about Fulty. I would deal Fulty. Yeah. And like I next mean, year when we have somebody that's, you know, for sure ready well, to come up. I know all the, like, the big position guys, and I think Kershaw's going to go back to the Dodgers, but is there any like young pitchers that are going to be free next year? Free agents? Does it make sense? Keichel? Keichel, but he's not young. I don't really want Keichel as much. A lefty in the... uh, I like the lefty in SunTrust Park, but I don't like the the off-speed-based lefty. Well, I think Soroka will definitely be up this year. Mm -hmm. And then I I think Wright would be the next up. I don't think you have to go out and get a big ace. I mean, if you wanted to... Say if you want to trade for somebody, I mean Danny Duffy. I'm a big Danny Duffy fan. Um, I like Danny Duffy. Yeah. I don't. I don't think you have to go out and get one of these super. Patrick ace Corbin, pitchers. but you're not gonna get Patrick Corbin. Zach Godley, um, Robbie Ray. If you could get him, it would yeah. be a king's right. ransom. I don't think you like need to do it. And they rebuild. Like I don't really think you need yeah. to do that though. I think you've got enough really good young guys coming up that unless yeah. you go out and get one of the the top five or six aces. I mean, if you really want to make a splash and the Giants end up right. sucking, get Bumgarner, but that's it. I mean, outside of that. Is I don't, he under contract for a while? Bumgarner? Uh, I believe they extended him. Yeah. Or they at least they... I think they, I think they accepted his option. I think he's got two years Rumors.com. <laughs> I think he's got... Spot track. Spot rack. Uh, I, think with, he's, I think he's got two years left. Bumbrero. Oh, didn't somebody get a platinum sombrero yesterday? Was it a Giancarlo? Yes, Giancarlo Stanton. There you like go, to, Giancarlo Stanton. Welcoming him to the, the uh, to the platinum sombrero family. He's now part of our team. He's an intern right I'm now. Like swinging a bat in my garage. Can you guys tell that I'm? I could hear it garage? actually. You got some. Uh, sounds like a wood bat. What are you swinging? The Sorry. old Louisville slugger? <laughs> no, it's a uh, sticks baseball. Ricky Sanders model. I'm not familiar with that one. No, I think it's from like 1997. Album. I've got a slugger over there in the corner. But yeah, I'm getting anxious. Sorry. Man, I'm talking on the phone. <laughs> it's all right. I If I'm not sitting down, I will walk the entire length of my house four or five times if I'm on the phone. Yeah. Just lock yourself in. Well, we actually do have to start getting this 
close down here. So it, it's time yeah. for Doc's favorite segment of the show, and that's where we ask all the fun questions. So, Doc, oh, without nice. further ado, please entertain our guest. All right. So I have uh, have six six questions that I want to ask you for the for the non sequitur segment of, of the show, and then one that I need you to settle an argument for me for me and Dylan. Uh, first question: If you could transport yourself to any time and place in history, what would it be? Where would you go? Oh man, tough one. Ah. Uh... Okay. And this is anything like this doesn't have to be baseball related or anything. By the way, sorry I mean, to interrupt, Madison Bumgarner. You, still you? <laughs> hang on. Before you I interrupt, what? I have to say you. this: Bumgarner, free agent in 2020, 12 million dollar club option for next season. Uh, that's actually a pretty good option for him. Now continue. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Well, I wouldn't worry about them. The potential of if they suck, because they are going to suck. They suck. Like, <laughs> they I just have to. The they just have to realize out, like, that they in, suck. Like, I'm in like with February you. or January, like if the Blue Jays don't trade Donaldson and the the who are we talking the Giants. damn yeah Giants. they don't trade yeah they don't trade Bumgarner or not Bumgarner. I said McCutcheon, but they're stupid because they're going to be terrible. Yeah. I think it's both will be true still. They've got garbage farm system where Helio Ramos is the Even best player in their people system. Have the blue Jays like a sleeper or whatever, but it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. In my opinion. No, not with the Yankees and the Red Sox in the same division. Exactly. Anyway, I'm sorry. Back to your question. Talk. <laughs> You're all good. All right, ask it, just ask it again. You can edit this out, right? Or this gonna... <laughs> and while, while we're still haven't not back on this yet, I would love to get Marcus Stroman. But anyway, oh so, yeah, or or Ian Sanchez, either one. Yeah, either one. So, any anyways, if you could be transported to any time and place in history, and hell, you could be another person if you want to be. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> um, let's go. Nineteen sixty nine Iggy Pop. That'd be cool. Invent nice. punk rock and go, you know, hang out David Bowie and stuff. That'd be cool. They're going to cast it on your podcast. It'll have. It's all right. I'll beep it out. You got that clown honk all queued up. <laughs> you guys trying to make more work. Thanks, Josh. For kids. Tricks for kids. I actually would go back to 1969 as well, but I would have gone to Woodstock. Uh, okay. Well, Iggy, I could go to Woodstock as Iggy Pop. That's true, and I would, I would be uh, I'd be Jerry Garcia. We could we could meet up. Oh yeah, yeah, you're a dead guy. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Fish and dead, and yeah, I'm more of like the Stooges and the replacements, and you know, that kind of stuff. The Ramones. Still, still the Ramones. Yeah, I love the Ramones. Yeah, I was a punk when I was a kid. Whatever. A metalhead, all that stuff. Sorry, I'm more metal than I was punk. Yeah. Well, I, was a, I was at a band for a while. So, anyways, what's the next question, Doc? Well, I was while we're on the on the topic topic of uh, of punkness and uh, you know things about being a punk. For anybody who's listening to this that doesn't does not know, uh, our dear friend Jeff had the one of the most fantastic manes of hair I have ever seen uh, for a very long time, and recently had to cut it off, and now he looks like a very dapper businessman. But uh, every time I shave my beard, I will shave it into just a mustache and just leave it like that for a little while because I look ridiculous with it. So my question for you is when you got your haircut, did you uh, like go mullet first and then businessman or like, did you do a bowl cut or like flock seagulls or, or did you do anything funky? No, no, my hair had like, it's kind of, I mean, it's huge when I had it. 
and it kind of like naturally dreadlocks. So it's pretty much impossible to untangle it every day. Like literally I'll brush my hair and then it would go into like, I would have at least one dread by the end of the day. And so when the guy wanted to cut my hair off, I was like, dude, just put in a ponytail, like, and just chop it off. And so we did, we chopped it off. And then I got, I got like an undercut kind of thing. So I just had him buzz the side of my head on my hair, fell to the ground. It was pretty cool. It was pretty good. Felt pretty great. And now I want to get more haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would imagine for all the time that you spent working outside down in Florida that you were. Yeah, I don't know like what I was dog. thinking now that I have no hair. I'm like, what was I doing with all that hair on my head? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. To it. I don't know if you ever had long hair. Uh, yeah, in high school, I had I had uh, yeah. fairly long mane as well. Uh, yeah, where you know where they'd make me put it up in a ponytail in like the science class and stuff like that. Or I had to uh, man bun it up before man buns were cool. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I had the man bun before man buns were cool too, man. When I had to cut it off, it, mine was completely straight, like perfectly straight. So had a lot yeah. of the a lot of the. A lot of the uh, girls like were loving it. And huge. A lot of the girls were loving it. And then when I had to cut it off uh, for baseball, no lie, two girls cried. Two girls cried. <laughs> no lie. It was a sad day. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a sad day when you cut your hair. But it's not that bad. No, no, nothing ridiculous. Just chopped it off, ponytail. The guy that right. said it was pretty excited to do it, though. This guy from like the from Queens, big Yankees fan. Nice guy though. Even though he's a Yankees fan, even though he's a Yankees fan. So let's um, see what's question number three, Doc. What do you got? Question number three is name a board game that causes you to completely abandon all sympathy for your fellow players. <laughs> oh, Monopoly, hands down. We, I learned from my grandpa. My grandpa was uh, he's a great. He still is a great Monopoly player, and I learned from the best. So. I cause all my family members to quit when I play Monopoly. No mercy. I'm, I'm the greatest <laughs> Monopoly player of all time. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, I, I had a had an instance um, when my uh, mother-in-law and sister-in-law came to visit, and we were all playing Scattergories. And like, uh, that's a good one. Yeah. It got dark quick, dude. It was like I had never seen anything quite like it. Um, so next question. What is the best compliment you have ever received? Um, it's going to sound super corny, but I guess that I'm a good dad because I have two kids and I love my kids. So, you know, I've had people like, you know, come up to me and I look pretty goofy. If you've never seen me before, I've got a bunch of tattoos and stuff and I have long hair for a long time, but I, you know, if somebody comes up to, I don't know if you guys have kids, but if you have anybody come up to you, like out of nowhere and say like, Oh, like, you know, it's nice to see somebody play with their kids. It'd be nice to their kids or whatever. Like that's all nice cool. But like I said, super corny. Sorry, I don't get very many compliments. Probably the best compliment I've gotten in years is you're not as big a dick as I thought you would be. <laughs> the way you talk about the interview, we thought you were going to be a complete asshole. I mean, I've had plenty of people that are like, wow, I thought you'd be a dick. You're actually not that bad. But not not saying, no, you're not bad, just not that bad. Yeah, you're not that bad. You, you kind of suck still, but you're all right. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, so... I'm going to interrupt your questions with a question, Doc. Okay. What would your walk-up song be if you guys were to get an MLB at bat tomorrow? <laughs> oh, uh, Coach East by Audio Slave. Oh, man. Audio Slave. There are yeah, so... Like, like I... That, that, you had that one. You had that one ready, didn't you? <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've been asked that before. And, like, there... <laughs> 
there have been times when I've been driving down the road and that song will come on and where it's like I'm I'm like um, steering wheel steering wheel drumming and I'm like I'm uh, in the moment for that song and I'm like when the beat drops it's like you know it's like napalm in my car it's unbelievable. What's it called? Cochise. Uh, Cochise. Oh, okay, I don't know it. I don't know what's going on. Isn't that the dude from Rage Against the Machine? Yeah, that was uh, yeah. The, the three guys from Rage and Chris. But not Mattel. the singer. Yeah. Yeah. You heard in Inside Out? Inside Out. It's the singer from uh, Radio Against Machine's punk band before he was on Radio Against Machine. <laughs> oh, no. that's I bet that is... It's pretty good. I've had a few, political. actually. I've had a few. Yeah, it is. We had a co- I've had a couple walk-up songs. Um, You've had a couple? Yeah, I went, with like kick- <laughs> I went with Kickstart My Heart for a while for, uh, oh, yeah. for, for most of the season, but... I've been kind of into a lot of the metalcore type of stuff lately, a lot of the melodic. So I might go with uh, until the pendulum breaks or a pendulum from uh, a Skylet Drive. Just when it hits the breakdown, it gets pretty. It gets pretty pretty crunchy. It's pretty awesome. I was thinking I was going to get like Grateful Dead or Fish or something like. Oh, that. Oh no, you got to yeah, have something that's going to stoke you, man. It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to get, get you get going. Stoked. It's like you're like I probably go. Salita, have you ever heard that song? No. <laughs> It's a great song. You gotta listen to it. All right. <laughs> no, I don't know what mine would be. I just wanted to ask you guys. But all right. So, what's question four? You asked me about the hair. Uh, what's uh? What is an unconventional house pet that you would like to have? Um, a raccoon. Raccoons are super cool. <laughs> they got thumbs, man. Do you guys ever pet a raccoon? Yes, I have actually. Yeah, raccoons are cool, man. I fed we one had, out of my hand with their little thumbs and everything. They grab it and yeah. eat it like a person. We and had a job in Key West, and there was all these raccoons living by the house we were living in, and they all come up and just you know you feed them and pick them up and pet them. They're super cool. So, are they like wire-haired terriers, or are they soft like a? They're like a like a street cat. Like they're also baby raccoons too. So I don't know what the they're almost exactly like. like that because they will. Uh, they kind of get kind of twitchy once they're a little bit older. Like there, there's some definite moments of, Hey, cool. We're cool. All right. And then just oh, yeah, get yeah, away yeah. from me. When you and their babies are cool. When they grow up, you can't hang out with them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, then they, uh, then that's when they attack you. You're going to wind up having nightmares about feral raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a good friend that she has a, uh, she inherited her dad's bird farm and she has like thousands of exotic birds. Like, uh, I hate birds. Air, uh, you know, African greys and macaws and all different kinds of parrots I never heard of. And then she has a bunch of chickens and cats. It's pretty awesome. I hate I like, birds. I like, you hate all those animals? They poop. They're loud. <laughs> you live in Canton, man, out in the country. How can you handle those animals? I, I, can't, I, I can't stand pet birds. I would like a pet otter. You I think that would be cold cool. all day. <laughs> An otter or a fox would be cool. Taco Mac. Hide out in Taco Mac from all the... Dude, bar- I'm lame. I'm lame. I don't go anywhere. No more. No. Just watch baseball. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I can be able to bring your pet fox into the Taco Mac, Dylan. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> no foxes. In the Mac. Yeah, they they got a they got a sign and everything. But all right, so th- this is before before we get you to settle settle the debate. Um, this is the first time that we've done this segment where we repeated a question we asked this of Josh Brown a couple weeks ago, and his answer was oh, just Jesus. just. I didn't think you said Josh on. I gotta listen to that one. Yeah, it was. We had to cut a lot out of that. <laughs> we cut probably thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, out I watched of that the episode. game with Josh in Rome, and it, when he was still living there, we watched uh, 
Weigel start, and Weigel had like a no hitter through like six or seven, and we were me and my cousin aren't already, already down to uh, my cousin from Canton, speaking of North Georgia. Had already down a bucket of bud when he got there when Josh Brown got there. <laughs> Rome celebrity Josh Brown, you know. And then we got another one when Josh got there. So, you know, and I think Riley had like three hits, two doubles or something in that game. It was a fun game. Me and Josh Brown got pretty rowdy. Man, he is uh He's a trip. He is uh one of a kind. Yes. He's as much of a character as any person I have ever known. That is He's the Hank Senior sure. of Braves Twitter, I guess. The what? The Hank Senior, the Hank Williams Senior of Braves. Yeah, for real. I would vote for Josh for mayor of uh, of Braves Twitter, but, uh, <laughs> but but so when we had him on, we we asked him this, and, and um, I won't spoil what he said for his. But tell us an embarrassing or self deprecating childhood story. Um. Um. Okay, I actually told him the day when I was like ten. We moved to St. Louis for some god-awful reason. <laughs> and uh, from area from area Georgia, where I was born, to St. Louis. It's actually like Chesterfield, St. Louis, like the well-to-do section of St. Louis. And uh, so I'm swimming, right? And I, I grew up in Georgia. So, you know, in the summer, people got pools. You swim in Georgia, no big deal. And uh, so I go to this big community pool in St. Louis, right? And I'm, like, trying to show off for all my new friends and stuff. And I go down the big slide. And I sink to the bottom of the pool, and I realize I can't swim. <laughs> and <laughs> luckily, this older teenage girl that was cute saved me from the pool. Okay, squints. <laughs> you know, like I was, I was like ten or whatever, whatever I was. I don't remember. And uh, yeah, like this hotter, you know, like this hot, like fifteen-year-old saved me from the pool. <laughs> so you were squints in real like life. Sand lot. It wasn't like the sand lot at all. It was way worse. Right. <laughs> this was not your squints Palador's moment. No, I didn't kiss her. No, it wasn't that. Uh, so how did that? How was that when you found out you couldn't swim? It was terrifying. I thought I was going to die. No, like how was that? How did it take you to that point to well, figure out that you could swim? When I was in Georgia, like my friend up the road had a like you know like a six foot pool, like one of the above ground pools, yeah. you know, like Georgia people have, and uh, you know we just kind of hop around, and I guess I would only stay near the wall. But like I guess the fact that I went into like twelve foot of water, I couldn't figure out how to. <laughs> Get my little body back. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. That's a terrifying thing, but oh, it was awful. <laughs> oh man, that's good. That's a that's a good story. Yeah, it's good times. But I survived. That's two for two on that question. But now this is probably the most serious question of the entire show right now. Uh oh. Serious question. Boondock Saints terrible is thank you thank you it's terrible it's wow not terrible wow it's just terrible dylan i told you wow we're terrible. gonna have to put this one down i mean when people. you're like 15 it's cool but like if you watch it again it's terrible i love boondock hey. saints it's what? man jeff thank you thank you i will <laughs> i will I'm, a, I'm about to send you a gift card to uh <laughs> to somewhere I call FYI, collusion. I buy another DVD. Yeah, I call collusion. Here's here's the thing, and and back me up on this, okay? Like when when I had initially said that I thought it was the worst movie ever made, I was actually just kind of trolling people on St. Patrick's Day, and and I thought 
It was just common knowledge. What's that? I hate St. Patrick's Day. Some question. Why do you hate St. Patrick's Day? I don't know. I just don't. I don't like it. It's not a real holiday. (laughs) It's just an excuse to drink. Yeah, it's like not a real holiday. Okay, fair enough. Um, (laughs) What what does it celebrate? Are you Irish? Do it offend you greatly? St. Patrick's Day is the day that St. Patrick got all of the snakes out of Ireland. But they still have snakes in Ireland, so I'm yeah, not sure. It's a it's a it's a crick crock. Well, it's to me, it's you know, I'm I'm Italian, so to me, St. Patrick's Day is just a drinking holiday. So, and oh, so, yeah, you, so you are Italian. So is Cinco de Mayo. So for that, you know, and I, so for that for that same reason, where it's just like you know, yeah, I, I don't celebrate the actual school, reason yeah. for the, for these holidays. So to me, it's just like, oh, cool, I'll, I'll have a green beer or or whatever. Yeah, or a Mexican beer with a lime in it. Yeah, those are good. Right. But but so I just I had initially referenced the, the plot holes being canyon sized, right? But then I realized like I love movies with plot holes. Like I grew up watching Weird Science Star Wars Back to, Back to the Future Star Wars, dude. Hey. Tread Howard the Carefully. Please <laughs> stop. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you dare talk bad. No, about no, Star I Wars. love Star Wars. Me and my no, kids have all watched Star Wars. No, I know, I know. I but still I mean, haven't seen the newest one. It's it's founded on the suspension of disbelief, but like right. hot tub, hot tub time machine. Okay, you want to talk about a movie that knows how dumb it is? Let's talk about hot tub time machine or like Howard the Duck. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Boondock Saints. It's or like, like Gummo or something, something weird. Yeah, yeah like, but Boondock Saints just refuses to acknowledge its own plot points or its own plot holes. So, Dylan, I'm sorry. It knows exactly but, what it is. It's a shoot 'em up movie that. Is very very loosely based on some Irish stereotypes. Yeah, true. It's What's fun. One? You've got was it a guy was it a guy Ritchie movie? You've got or Willem no? Dafoe in drag. Yeah, I mean Man. It, it was like I said for what it is, it's it's decent. It's not the the best movie, but it's not like the greatest movie of all time. I mean, no, I'm not saying it's the greatest movie, but I I I'd still get a kick out of watching it. Well, I honestly me, haven't watched it in like ten years. I'd probably have to watch it again. But that's right. You give that maybe, a second maybe, watch. Well, I will say, I will say this: it is not the worst movie ever made because White Chicks Two is the worst movie ever made. White Chicks One is just chicks as two. bad as One is Two. White Chicks. Don't is, you slander White Chicks One, Dylan? White is horrible. <laughs> it wasn't funny Terry at all. Terry Crews masterpiece, young man. I love Terry Crews, but Terry Crews is also better as Sergeant Terry. <laughs> Those costumes in that movie are so terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh. like you, you got to try. You got to try a little bit. But I will and say this: really I, long phone call. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that uh, now that I now that I have had a chance to uh, broach the topic of Boondock Saints, I think we can officially let this episode mercil- mercifully end for, for you <laughs> and also for our listeners who have managed to stick with us through the entire... How long are we looking? This is oh, under protest. This, no, we're at an hour and 35 minutes, and this is under protest because we're going to keep this question now. This is war, Doc Herbert. Okay, man. We can... I will... I, I mean, he's not attacking th- fish over here. I mean... Jeff, you yeah. have... You picked really the wrong side. three-hour-long concerts, but they do. You've, you've picked hey. the wrong side, my friend. There's a set break in there. 
there's a weed break in there. Right. Well, it's what everybody needs yeah. every once in a while when you hit an hour and a half long show. But as Doc alluded to, we do have to uh, we do have to go because we are eating into some of next right, week's so, day. One more. If if you're still listening, let's do our sleeper prospect of the year for 2018. All right. Um, who you got there, Doc? Um, you go first. Well, you already said. Did you say Matt Rowland? Got another um, one sleeve there, buddy. I'll go. I'm gonna go with Tyler Pike. Tyler Pike, I, check yeah, out. yeah, yeah. I, I think he's I, gonna be a reliever, man. Meeting back up I, with Dennis Llewellyn is gonna be a big deal for him. I think so, yeah. and I think that'll be. Um, but you know, I think, it, I think he made the bigs as a reliever. I Pro- probably so. I mean, he, his, I guess his path. If he didn't get his control or get his uh, command and control ironed out, he's he's going to wind up working uh, at a Sonic for the rest of his life. But uh, he's got really good stuff, man. So and it, and it would be easy to say, you know, like Tukey or um, yeah, yeah, no, or, does or any of those yeah, guys. So they can't be on the top thirty, I guess. Pretty good. Right. That lose you. No, I'm trying to think outside You're of the thinking. top, outside of the Brian top Flaherty. 30. <laughs> uh, download bar. Oh, wait, that already happened. Outside of top 30. That That's is going tough, to be. Right? Yeah. Tough, man. Uh, I'm going to say. Like, kind of like a shot in the dark. I'm going to say Izzy Wilson. Okay. It's your boy. I, I just think that at some point he's going to put, hair. I think he's going to put all the tools together. I think it's going to be this year. Yeah. I think he's going to finally hit over 250. And more importantly, yeah. he's going to mash. Jeffrey Ramos is another one, though, that I would say. Yeah, Ramos would probably be my guy. He stole him, so thanks, buddy. What can I say? <laughs> I'll go Yoniel Sepulveda, a guy you've never heard of. Uh, Who? We're going to see what. Yo, yeah, exactly. Sepulveda. It's a weird name. And then I'll go with the fact that Braxton Davidson's only 21. I think he could still turn it around. Oh, no, you did not happen. just drop a Braxton Davidson reference on my podcast. I'm going to do it at the end of the show, yeah. Because <laughs> he's only 21. That's the thing. Yeah, but he I can't like hit. He can't run. He can't field. He can't, hit, he can't run. He can't field. No. I think he's still got the power, though. We'll see. But he has to connect with the ball to hit it out. I will give you this, man. That is a bowl call. But I know. If you're right on this, you're going to be like, everybody's going to come to you and never leave you alone ever again. <laughs> yeah. Anybody can. If anybody's still listening at this point, they can throw all of these in all of our faces at the at the end of this year. Yeah, that yeah. is that is Jeff at for, prospects at prospects. Yeah, Braves. Only for listening for ninety five minutes, <laughs> right? It's hey, okay man. if they make it all the way through and knock a home a nation. Josh episode. Brown survived Luke Dykstra. So. <laughs> yeah. Did he or did it cause his mind to break? <laughs> he was heartbroken. Yeah, you can listen to yeah. If you listen to an hour and a half of Josh Brown ran about. I have to listen to this week's combination because I'm sure he goes on about Nick Marcakos for what 45 minutes. I'm gonna get at least. <laughs> yeah, they had uh, they had Dan Dan on as well and and Boggy and they were that's an entire just Marcakos love fest. Oh, uh, they're the <laughs> singing the glories of Nicholas Marcakos. I really do have to go at some point. Oh, we'll get the evil. Yeah, I here. haven't eaten yet. So, so probably. <laughs> so he's prospects Braves. Jeff, thanks thanks for sitting in with us, buddy. I know it's been a while. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Jeff. All right. And for everybody else out there, I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Thank you for tuning into the platinum sombrero. As always, we will talk to you guys next week.
Thanks, bye.